And welcome back for another episode of Blossom Down. We are your hosts, Stephen Wee. Of course, always join me in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mr. Wally Lukashevsky. Before I toss to him and his yins are water yingling, this episode is brought to you by TabEase.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market, T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure you use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping. Wally, I hope you're staying cold in the middle of this heat wave that we have here in the Midwest. How the hell have you been the last two weeks, buddy? Hey, man, I'm doing pretty well. Hope you're doing well, too. First of all, Ginzer Water might be tough to push that since it's from Pottsville, as you're throwing back your own Michelob Ultra over there. Respect to you. Watching the cows, baby. Yeah, you 99 cow. You can't really beat that there. But, I mean, if you're going Ginzer Water, it's got to be more the icy light, maybe Rolling Rock there in Latrobe. But on the whole, no, I'm doing well. It is hot, as you mentioned. And for people like you and I, this is arguably the worst time of year. People love the summer. When you're a kid, you love the summer. Now that we're older, I think it might be my least favorite time of year because you are running out of sports. It's 100 degrees. I'm miserable. Yeah, you get more sunlight. That's really cool. Alaska gets a lot of sunlight too. Maybe that's the play. 20 hours of sunlight, 65 degrees. Talk to me about Alaska. But I actually, before we, I'm going to throw it back over to you. I was in Vegas this last week, as you remember, for a bachelor party. I started thinking. I have oh boy. potentially. Well, that's the first problem. It was. Trust me. Because, again, yingling water, yings or water, whatever you want to call it, was already flowing. I have potentially the best hypothetical question on earth. All right. And we're going to just start here. Steven, for all the people that don't have legs out there, apologies ahead of time. How much... Would it take to have a surgeon come up to you and say, hey, and this is a legit surgeon. Like, he's out there. You got reviews. They look good. I'm going to well, cut. Got, well, like, yeah, like Yelp reviews? What do you mean? They yeah, I mean, I, I'm just there. saying, like, like UPMC and all these other, like, Cleveland Clinic, the St. Jude's Hospital. Like, this guy's okay, legit. Okay, so, like, so like, yeah. Like, I know this guy walking down the street. Yeah, this is maybe, Dr. Maybe House. he's in Charlotte because he's an orthopedic guy. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. continue. Well, for whatever reason, this guy's gotten into some dark habits in his like profession, in his practice, and he decides that he is going to go around and say, hey, you know what? That's a good-looking leg. What would it cost you, bottom dollar, for me to have that leg? You're out, by the way. Anesthesia. How much you're out? Does it take right above the knee down? How much is it going to cost you? Bottom dollar. Tax-free money. No one knows about it. What's your bottom dollar? So it like it's just money. I can't have anything else like included into this because well, let's haggle. I, let's haggle. I, I'm like the middleman to this surgeon. Well, what are we talking? Okay, okay. So uh, I'm I'm starting nowhere below ten million, right? But I will go below ten million if I'm promised a badass new leg, like a robotic leg. You know, oh, like yeah, a, yeah, like sure. We can nice even prosthetic. include therapeutic or like yeah, yeah prosthetic leg of your choice is included in this deal so it's truly a number value after you have a replacement leg i don't know like 960 dollars. no that's a that's a nice uh workaholics reference if you understand that i'm gonna go with just 10 mil i don't know why that number is sticking with me but i feel like that's good i'm gonna go further give me 100 million i'll give 100 million i'll get a nice prosthetic see this is like, where you're crazy metal. No, no, and this is how I know that that's not the right answer. This is what I did in Vegas to everybody, too. You're telling me that this guy walks up to you with the suitcase with $9,500,000 cash. It is clean. You don't have to launder it. This is your money in cash. You're telling me you say no for 9.5. I mean, if you had like 10000 in cash, I'd probably fucking come. That, that's my point. Then what is the bottom dollar? Everybody kept telling me, oh, it's this number. But then you start pulling back. And you're like, oh, really? If they offered you, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars less. And they're like, oh, I guess that's fair. And then all of a sudden, you're going to be down like me. And it's like, all right, $2.5 I think it's a good deal. It's You're right. But you're, you're so right. It's when the money's staring you in the face like that, it's a lot harder to say no. Uh, that's why you see Phil Mickelson joining the Saudi Arabia Live League. And Dustin, Dustin Johnson, players like that, the money's slapping them right in the face. Um, if I, if, honestly, if I had 9.5, I 
staring me in the face right there with a fresh new prosthetic, take the left one off. My, well, yeah, but that's I, my I, point I barely too. use it. If it's then you're like, hey, you know what? If it's nine point five, where does the line get drawn? Like if he offers you nine point four, you're taking nine five, you're gonna take nine four. So it's just something how, to chew on at home. How bad does he want the leg? Well, that's the thing, and I didn't include this earlier. You have a couple things you have to keep in mind. If there's a random surgeon coming up to you on the street offering money for the leg, we have to realistically assume there's two options. They're either going to eat it or they're definitely going to fuck it. It's one or the other. It's not going to be a good out here. This isn't for science. This is for some rich guy's pleasure. If that moves the needle one way or another, it's I, I don't know. I don't think it would what about for me. This? What, what about I'll, I'll take the 9.5. In the fresh new prosthetic leg, but I want the Bobby Bonilla treatment. I want 1.2 million every single year at the beginning of the fiscal year until the day I die, including the 9.5 and the prosthetic. And that well, way, the see, that's your bottom dollar. This guy's gonna laugh you out of the. He's got in. plenty of other legs. This guy's got legs like for this. days. Not like this. Not that leg. You'll never find a leg like this. It's just so nice and tan. Uh, it has like a little spritz of of cankle but you can see the calf definition very pasty feet uh you could probably find a lot better feet around there but i don't know i i like i like the legs you know what he's walking around the briefcase and he picked me out that particular moment so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to hassle with him and i'm i'm a gambler man i'll walk away if i have to well i last or, thing i'll say on this or maybe you just give me the 9.5 and i'll limp away <laughs> Last thing I'll say on this hypothetical, and then I'll ask you how your week was going. We can get on with the show here, too. But I was here, listen to Bill Burr. He's one of my favorite comedians in the world. I think he's outstanding. Yes. His new special on Netflix, he even brings up, and credit to me, I brought up the question first. We're of the same mind space here. Bill Burr and I were the same person, of course. Uh, but what he was talking about is yeah, we have gotten to the point where athletes can't run in like the hundred meter dra uh, uh, dash with prosthetic legs. They can only run with real legs because it is deemed an unfair advantage now to have no legs. I'm doing you a favor right now, taking your leg off and giving you, you say 9.5. I think I'd get you down to five at least, but Hey, I I'm just saying it's out there. It's something to think about. I'd love to hear your guys thoughts at home. My answer for you. I think it's 2.5 million. I think it's 2.5 million. Oh, you don't even like your legs that much. Well, I mean, but hey, I got a lot of juice on them. I'm trying to like do kind of this like uh, supply and demand. Like, hey, they they know I don't use exactly. it a ton, but at the same point. Leg? Yeah, but they're like, you it know, looks juicy too. We got to meet him in the he middle. Needs it if, he's coming, if he's coming up to us asking for our legs, we're basically like the last ditch effort like, Dude, if I don't get rid of this briefcase of money, I'm just going to, I'm going to die. I'm, I work for the cartel. One of their main members lost a leg. And for some reason, he wants a Caucasian leg. Well, and, and I already know those leg. Like if I'm the one going around asking for legs, clearly I know what they're being used for. So they're, that's going to factor into their negotiations too. They're like, oh God, he knows we want to fuck his leg. Or, oh, he knows we're going to throw this on the grill on 4th of July. Either way, I'm going to have that in my mind as I'm throwing this number out here. I know what's going to be done with this thing. Yeah, so you guys reach out to us. You let us know what your price is. 2.5. And then we then we can have a little bit of a debate that you make me sick. I think like 2.5, like 1,000 is probably what you're talking about, 2,500. Hey, I, I probably, if the money's in front of me, I'm just saying I am a man enough to admit $2.5 million, the leg is yours. I don't even know what leg. You put me over, under, I'm going to wake up. Do one of these. Oh, it's the left. Oh, like that sucks. Like I That's really not like the risk that I want to take. I need the right. I need the right knee. Now it does have my, or I need the right leg, even though I have a bad right knee. Well, yeah, but they're taking it off from I the want. knee up, so you're good. Don't worry about it. You won't have a knee anymore. You want that gone? Well, I don't want them coming back. Like you know what? The nine point five. Didn't realize you kind of had like this, uh, this this little sketchy kneecap area. I didn't like how the patellar tendons lining up, bud. So I'm going to need like at least a million back. No, no, that's not how that works. Cartel surgeon is, I don't know why I'm assuming he is. I just watched the other guys. Mark Wahlberg, movie, he's beating up way. all those guys. Like, oh, it's a Colombian drug lord. Well, where are like, you where getting are you that? Get that 
exactly. Great movie, but uh, my weekend, it was great. Uh, I got to play a lot of golf. I got to hang out. Um, got the parents coming in here this following week, so I get to kind of hang out with them, and I get to golf a little bit more. So as you can tell, I'm very burnt, but getting into tan. Uh, so I'm li I'm living the life. Uh, Want to be outside as much as I can, but I will say these last couple days have felt very North Carolina esque up here in Columbus, and I am not bullshitting. Like I'm, I was checking the weather. We've had more humidity. The weather, the heat, the, with the heat index and everything, it feels hotter here than it had been in Raleigh. Now this is the last couple of days. This is not going to be forever. But man, oh man, these days are reminding me why I do not miss living in that state during these summer months. You mean it's hell? That's all you had to say. Is it, it is? It is. It's you step outside. You're sweating. I'm at the point right now. I was telling you, I'll get out of my damn car, walk up to a front door, drop off a package, and all of a sudden I'm looking around and I'm like, I have the AC in my car on five. Like it is as cold as it'll allow, and I am dripping sweat. Yeah, I'm a big guy, but it's everybody. You are feeling it if you're outside right now. So I was really excited for these damn uh, storms today, but we got the Tarasco weather wedge hitting Cranberry. So it went both north and south of us. Whatever. It's fine. Let's talk some Hold football, on. Steven. What? what the fuck did you just talk? What is this Doppler uh, slang that you're using? No, no. The Tarasco weather wedge is something that in Wisconsin, the high school football guys and I, we always joked about. So I know you understand what we're talking about. When you were a high school football player, you killed for storms, whether it be in the, the summer two-a-days yeah. or in fall practice, because you're like, all right, there's two potential outcomes. They're going to send us home early, or they are going to bring us inside. It's going to be kind of like a walkthrough practice. So it was a win. And we like always would see the clouds come over up uh, in Southeast Wisconsin and split. And the head coach was named Tarasco. We were convinced he put in a weather wedge where it made it physically impossible for rain to hit during football season. And I think that's what we got going on right now in Western PA. Huh. Well, I hope you get some rain. Get your ass cooled down a little bit. But at, at the same time, when you when it rains, it gets muggier. The, the humidity kicks up a little bit. So it's one or the other. I, I literally, it's hell. You know, it's literally June. We got three more months of this, maybe four. I'm tired of it. Bring me fall weather. I want the wind. I want the rain. I want the leaves to change color, and I want fucking football. I just remember, and we can always go to past shows. I, and I'm not saying just you, both of us. We always bitch about the cold. It gets really cold. But at the peak of this winter, versus which is unfortunately, I don't think is right now the peak of our summer. Which one would you rather be in? To give you an idea, I am heavily applying to jobs in Milwaukee right now because give me six months of 30 degrees or colder weather so I'm not in this bullshit for four months. I, I, I joked about Alaska. My buddy Matt Gasper is up in Alaska. He's lived there with the Army here for about three months. Okay. I know that it's all the good months right now, but it looks gorgeous. I know it'll be hell in the winter, but I am so jealous of that bastard at this moment. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if those summers would trade off nicely for their winters. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. You don't like two hours of sunlight. Uh, I'm actually a huge fan of that, but that that cold, the negative, the negative degree, the negative weather. Oh my god! Think no, about I'm this gone. though. As a, uh, and I swear, eventually we will talk football on this football podcast. That's is what this is. It's a football podcast, right? Um. Anyways. Yeah. I just had to check our uh, Instagram bio. It does say football and gambling. Yeah, there is a ref on our rundown here. I had to get that cleared up. But if you think about the summer as a kid, like if you're an 18-year-old kid, how cool would it have been to be over like a high school summer, have your buddies like, hey, you know what? Let's go out and play baseball. Let's go out and play football, basketball, whatever, for as many hours as you want. You can be playing at 11 p.m. with the sun out. You remember what it was like in where we grew up, where it's going to be 7, 30, 8 o'clock, and it's like, oh, man, but, we got to go home for yeah, the night. Okay. You got three more hours. But what about the hide and seek? Manhunt. You don't have those in the sunlight. They're a lot better at night. I mean, I guess that's fair. Would you rather play sports? 
Or would you rather do the dumb shit you just said? That's up to you. Dumb shit. You didn't have a childhood if you ever played hide and seek. You know why? Because you were always fucking found. You were always. Yeah, you would have found me probably doing some stupid thing like playing a sport, not playing hide and seek. Whatever, dude. I was too drained during the day playing sports where the only fun I could have in the night when it finally cooled down was that. You know what? And I did a little ding dong ditch because I'm that badass little kid that your parents didn't want you hanging out with for good reason. Loser. Your words speak volumes. Words I, I are do. like bullets. They do. They do speak volumes. I'm proud of those words. Well, let's switch up the flow here. Let's finally get into some NFL talk. The real reason that we're here, the real reason you guys are listening. Before we get into it, we want you to know that this NFL, this week's NFL news is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more. Especially if you're if you're Wally and I's age where Feels like college graduations, engagement pictures, weddings. We got babies getting popped out. They seem like they're happening every single weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check her out for yourself on abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, or on her Instagram, Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. This week, a lot of contracts getting paid out a lot of people getting extensions getting paid seems like we were done watching the resetting of the market for a lot of these positions and insert the la rams into this chat aaron donald gets paid cooper cup gets paid don't forget they had already signed matt stafford over the summer and they have locked down all their stars with aaron donald at least locked down in 2024 he's the first name let's go with him he was scheduled to make 55 million over the next three years with the 14 million in compensation in 2022, he is now set to make 95 mil over three years with 31 and a half in compensation this upcoming season. They get to keep him through 2024. Man, oh man, did this man get paid. Now, Aaron Donald's on a pedestal by himself. And like I was saying, we've been seeing this has been the offseason of the market being reset for positions. Aaron Donald is just in a league of his own. Did he just reset the premier elite D tackle market value right now? Or is he just that one off that it's like, you know what? He does deserve to get, he does deserve to get paid and no one's going to sniff that only like in the tens of millions of dollars. You just said it. He's in a league of his own. This I, I I'm a real like quick guy to say we reset the market. I mean, I did it with Christian Kirk this year, four years, $84 million. We saw what, the fallout has been guys like Cooper cup are making Christian Kirkish money. Now that's kind of just funny to say when it should be yep. the other way around, but Aaron Donald is in a league of his own. So this, I do think is more of a, an anomaly when you have the best player in the NFL, let alone best defensive player, he's going to garner more money. And Aaron Donald did. You also bring in Bobby Wagner. Love us getting a little Rams talk here for the 18 Los Angeles Rams fans in the entire world. But Bobby Wagner is going to really make that defense like go to. They also brought in Troy Hill, that old nickelback that they had before he went to Cleveland. Defense should be good. Now, the biggest problem here is we haven't gotten into it yet, but Cooper Cup also got paid five-year, $110 million extension. He was the triple crown winner last year. We don't see that in football anymore. Super Bowl MVP, without a doubt, best wide receiver in the league last year. But here's the only, I guess, question mark for the Rams for me, and it's that you really are thin at wide receiver if you don't bring in a third option right now. Yeah, you have Cooper Cup, you brought in Allen Robinson. That's a dynamic one-two. But you know if there's an injury, you're in a little bit of a funk. And, I mean, they could bring OBJ back. That sounds like the door's open there. They've got this weird infatuation with Von Jefferson or for Van Jefferson for whatever yeah. reason. When I don't really see it, he didn't step up in the postseason when they needed to last year. I don't know. Uh, I know that we put this on later, but I want to ask you it now, just kind of with the flow of Rams talk conversation. These were the biggest moves they had to make this year. Are they the NFC favorite going into the year, or are you going to lean somewhere else? It's either going to be the Rams or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the real question. Have they gotten better? Maybe they definitely haven't gotten worse, but they don't need to get better. They obviously have had the formula last year. 
and every single person that we have on this list, except for, well, I even said Matt Stafford, those are the three main reasons those guys won the Super Bowl. Yeah, Cooper Cup's numbers weren't amazing in the Super Bowl, still won the MVP. Aaron Donald with the fourth down stop there against Joe Burrow with him ripping his helmet off saying, ring me, baby. Yeah, I think that no question that they should be the favorite in the NFC, in the NFC to represent that conference here in the Super Bowl. I, you know, Captain Hindsight here in a couple months, there's no reason that they shouldn't be the favorites though, but Tom Brady will be knocking on that door because he didn't win the, he didn't even go to the Super Bowl last year. So if you look at his career, it's, it's only right that he's going to be in the Super Bowl this year representing the NFC, but we will see. Do you think that they're going to be the favorites right off the bat right now? If, if you know, gun to your head, if you had to choose. Now in a vacuum where these two teams, uh, I, I guess would be, you throw out everything to pass. I, I would probably glean to Tom Brady and the Bucks, but I'm a big believer in whoever won last year is your champion until they're knocked off in the Rams. It's not like they fell off a cliff. It's not like one of those years where they won and it was like a, wow, uh, baseball fans out there when the Kansas city Royals won it like seven, eight years ago, it was like this right back to the bottom. Yeah. Like, Oh, this is awesome. Congratulations, Kansas city. All these guys are going to leave, but you know, you're a small market team. This was what we were like trying to do. No, it was Aaron Donald, literally. First of all, he was never going anywhere. I, I don't know if I said that already. Like, the, it was a great play by him. He wanted more money. It's more proof the salary cap isn't real to talented GMs and owners that can afford it. I, I do think that this Rams team will be deep in the deep in the playoffs again. But here's – I don't want to – I don't know if I want to spoil this this early in the offseason, but I'm going to because I feel like our amount of listeners, they deserve it. I'm going with Philadelphia right now. I think Philadelphia is going to be a sneaky, sneaky good team. I like Super Bowl contender sneaky. I agree. It's just a lot easier to pick the Rams or Tampa Bay because the resume over the past couple of years can prove it. Even True. with or without Matt Stafford, yep, you got Tom Brady. And quite frankly, from there, you know, people are still throwing the Packers in there. But I think between the Rams and the and the Bucks, it's kind of a steep fall off from the from the top two seeds. Eagles, I love that pick. I, they're clearly going to win that division. I have no problem saying that right now. Also, I had no problem throwing 30 bucks on them to win the division two months ago or right after the drafts, at least when they when they were able to trade for A.J. Brown. They got Jordan Davis. You know, they got other key pieces in there. So I love that pick, but I agree. Until you are dethroned, you are the champion, and I think it's either going to be them or Tampa Bay coming out of the NFC. Now we're going to keep on this Rams talk as we've talked about Cooper Cup. He signs a five-year, $110 million extension. Easily the best wide receiver in the league last year. Triple crown winner. Super Bowl I, I, MVP. I don't know if you care. I literally uh, – that was where I sent you that question. I don't know if you care about that. Yeah, well, I'm already laid in here, baby. Well, I mean, if you want to keep already- going. I just – I was trying to help you out in case you didn't hear me because I even did the, hey, five-year, 110, best player, triple crown winner. I'm just trying to look out because I know that sometimes while I'm, like, thinking of what to say next, I miss what you say. So I was just trying to be helpful. Well, I did that. But anyway, 35 mil guaranteed. Now he's going to take a smaller cap hit this year, but he's getting paid after that. So going into the year about 17.8. The next four seasons, 27.8, 26.3, 26.3, Over those next four years after that, they get to keep Cooper Cup in there through 2026. And like we said before, the Rams re-signed Matt Stafford. They got to sign Bobby Wagner. They got your boy Troy Hill back from, from Cleveland. So this team is revamped fuck the draft picks as you know what Sneed likes to say this is fun do you see cooper cup putting up that production up here again he's capable of doing it i don't know if he is going to be able to do triple crown numbers just because every year there's a new guy on the chase literally uh i guess on (laughs) the chase in this case jamar chase he is there's guys every year that kind of emerge whether they're first drafted or like, remember OBJ, even it took a couple of years and then he really exploded before when he was a good wide receiver. Yeah, that was an underhanded jab. Hope you caught it. I would say, though, I think Cooper Cup, he's going to be a consistent top 10 receiver the rest of his career. What I do wonder is that one of the beautiful things about sports is it is a constant game of ebbs and flows and kind of adjusting to your opponents. 
Cooper Cup is going to get more attention this year than he's ever got in his football career. Like when he was at Eastern Washington and he was the only wide receiver worth a shit, he wasn't getting as much quality attention as he will be getting this year in the NFL. He's going to have a great year. He's going to be a 1,200, 1,300-yard receiver. I'm just not ready to say that he will be Cooper Cup 2021 forever. I think that might have been an anomaly. Absolutely, and it, and it's and it's hard to be able to replicate replicate that production consistently throughout the years. Like even the greats haven't even been able to do it. Look at Jerry Rice. Yeah, Jerry Rice has the most most receiving yards. That's a longevity record. That's all that is. What? So I. Well, I mean, how long was he in the league for? Twenty two years. Yeah, I mean, okay, I I got shit for the Frank Gore stuff this last week. Jerry Rice, if we're doing this, this is gonna dwarf it. You carry it on is, with your hey, point. Hey, I'm gonna is, come back with longevity stats. award. Okay. The Frank Gore is a longevity award. I agree. I we're with you there. He just Jerry Rice is dwarfing people's other running backs that were above him that had shorter careers. He just he talked about you're gonna hear these wide receiver numbers and be like baffled. But please continue your point. I'll come back to this after, and then I'll accept your apology whenever. No, I don't apologize because I'm never wrong. So there's really no reason for me ever to apologize. But no, I think. It is a longevity award. You, you can't deny that. Of course, if you're going to have play as many games as Jerry Rice did for as long as he did, and with the way that they were, with how physical it is, I will give him that nod. That's that's awesome. Like, he was able to put those numbers up with the way the NFL rules were back then. The wide receivers are too, are too pampered alone with the whole offense that the, that the yards are going to be a little bit more skewed. Ready to play a fun game here? Yeah, let's get it, baby. I'm just going to read off his yards by year. Speedball it, just to give you an idea. First of all, he's got like 5,000 more wide or yards than uh, the next wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald, who, again, longevity. 927, 1570, 1078, 1306, 1453, 1502, 1206, 1201, 1503, 1499, 1848, 1254. You got hurt the next year in the first game, so I don't want to count that one. Yep. But 1157, and then this is where he falls off. He has 838, 05. Dude's career's over. I'm not denying. Hey, I'm not here. I'm not here having Jerry Rice slander talk. Dude is the great, greatest wide receiver to ever play. Well, I'm game. just saying it's not all longevity. He was highly skilled and had longevity. I agree, but the longevity also adds to that. He's playing. He's playing anywhere Agreed. from six to eight more years than any average wide receiver was because he's a freak of nature. Agreed. So I, I, so I'll agree with you that maybe it is a longevity award. But that shouldn't take away from how productive Jerry Rice really was and how of a freak athlete he was. Yeah, yeah, my whole point is more or less that if you're able to throw up 1,000-yard seasons in your second season and in your 20th season and pretty much every single one in between, when the league is changing, defenses are changing, they know you're Jerry Rice. You have turned into Jerry Rice. They're going to obviously focus on you more. That is unprecedented. I mean, to give you an idea, after Larry Fitzgerald, the next guy is Terrell Owens, third all-time receiving yards, and he's about 7,000 behind Jerry Rice. How many more? How many less seasons does he have than Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice played from 1985 to, to 2004, but remember that he had the injury year, and in 2004 he really didn't play. So it's realistically 17 seasons. Nice. Terrell Owens played from 96 to 2010, so 14, 15 seasons. So four seasons more. Because if it's 85 to 04, if it's 85 to 04, there's 20 seasons right there. Take away two, there's 18. Okay, and then let's do the Terrell Owens then, 96 to 2010. It's like 15 seasons, so three more seasons. And let's let's just magically give Terrell Owens the NFL all-time receiving single-season like yards per year. Let's just call it 2,000. Make it easy. If you add 6,000 more yards, Jerry Rice still beats him. His Whatever. hands are up. That's all I got to say. His hands are up. 
we'll go on. We'll go on from one great receiver on to the next because the Raiders got to re-sign your boy Hunter Renfro for a two-year, thirty-two million dollar extension. That also includes twenty-one million guaranteed. I don't know what this. I don't know what this year, the significance of this year is, but the Raiders get to keep this wide receiver through twenty twenty-four as well. What are your expectations for Hunter Renfro this year as the as the house Raiders fan with Devontae Adams obviously taking a lot of that attention away this year? Yeah, it's fitting we go from Jerry Rose to Hunter Renfro. It seems like a seamless transition. Like you said, 21 mil guaranteed. And you asked me what I expect out of him. You have Devontae Adams. You have Darren Waller if he stays healthy. I'm going to give you a, an extra bonus couple things. I think there's a realistic shot. It probably won't happen because of injuries, but with the 17th game, I think there's a very real idea that three different, whether it be wide receivers or tight ends for the Las Vegas Raiders, are thousand-yard receivers next year. They're all phenomenal third-down threats. And yeah. a Raiders are a team, new coach, new offense, I get it, but their identity will probably remain very similar. They're a team that is built to basically get you in third and shorts. They play the sticks. It's that old-school West Coast style of football. Third and Renfro became a thing. That is a running thing in Raiders Nation where it's it doesn't matter if it's third and one or third and 33. Hunter Renfro will catch the ball at the sticks. The, he is so smart like that. Phenomenal route running. Hands are sure thing. My expectations are high. I, I know that I keep, I'm a homer. I get it. I th- like to think I'm even keeled most of the time. But this is the most excited I've ever been about the Raiders team. I've been saying now for, what, five months? It's June 16th. It's going to get worse, people. But the Raiders are going (laughs) to have a really, really good offense. I think – I don't don't think that they – the Raiders have the best receiving core in the league. But, man, they definitely have to have the best route-running receiving core in the league between Renfro and Devontae Adams. I mean, Hunter Renfro is – already borderline if not already elite uh elite route runner just yeah, he's a great footwork. slot he doesn't do anything crazy but he creates space with just yeah slant routes are easy not the way that he does it not the way that Devonte adams does it so it is going to be a problem and you better have a minimum two cornerbacks that you can trust because if they're not both on Devonte adams they have got to shadow these guys and guess what if, if they do a great job awesome don't forget about that guy darren waller because that's fucked i'm excited that it's starting it's starting to ease here a little bit but i'm getting excited for you wally about you get to see uh probably the greatest wide receiver on the raiders during your lifetime that you actually get to see sit back and watch live outside outside of uh jerry rice outside of his prime as well as my guy javon walker and randy moss (laughs) i'm glad though you brought up the route running again though because Devontae Adams of course everybody knows about his route running but guys like Hunter Renfro you know he's a slot he's a six foot white receiver that looks like he should be bagging groceries not playing in the league and instead purely on his footwork on how hard he works one of my favorite things you see happen every year is there's like a couple wide receivers that basically create routes in their offense because of how dynamic they are at route running how quick they are there's, uh, I think it was the Chargers game in week 18 that got the Raiders into the playoffs last year. He does this route that is started to get duplicated in the playoffs by other teams watching film. He literally bump and run coverage in the slot right away, nickel corner right on him. He engages with them, takes one step right. He's on the left side. I probably should have mentioned that. Great job, Wally. You host a podcast. Uh, anyways, yeah, you do. takes one step right. He goes up as if he's immediately running an out route, cuts back in, and, like, it happens in the space in the context of about four or five-step drops for a quarterback. And all of a sudden, the guy is wide open six yards downfield, and it doesn't matter if it's zone or man, because at the end of the day, you're responsible for the guy once he's in your zone. And Hunter Renfro is just – he's different. I laughed because Mark Caboli – I really like him usually with the Steelers. He was saying Deontay Johnson is better than Hunter Renfro, and I've been laughing for a week straight. I have not stopped. Well, and look at what the Steelers were last year. They were down 20 in like every other game, and what do they do? Big Ben's throwing his 
dunk down bubble screens or five yard ins because his arm can't take it. Yeah, good job, Deontay. You you racked up yards. You're not Hunter Renfro. No, you're not. You're not. Fuck I out of here. Agree more. Okay, okay, Wally. It's okay. Ah, let's talk about. Sorry, I got revved up, Stephen. I apologize. So that's gonna be that's gonna be the wrap up of our NFL news. Now we're gonna kind of go into a rapid fire. I'm sure you guys have heard the fastest two minutes. Well, this is the fattest two minutes. Oh, I we're love gonna that. start it. Hey, I love you. As as you're just fucking munching on something, that I, I just the impromptu of me doing that and you doing that just on the fly. It just dude, I'm we hungry. have found the new name of the segment. It's the fattest two minutes. We're gonna start off here in Washington, where Terry McLaurin's not expected at minicamp. He wants a new deal. But is he going to get paid, Wally? Rivera said that he wouldn't trade him. I mean, he does need Wentz and him to get a little, I guess, thing going on together. But he's going to have to get paid. He's too good not to. And what is Washington going to do? They have no, I guess, offense right now. They have Carson Wentz. They're ready to take command, as Carson Wentz said. No, fucking pathetic. They have to pay him. He is the modern-day DeAndre Hopkins right now. Production with a carousel of quarterbacks thrown to him. Marion Barber, the barbarian, unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 38. Really was the original beast mode. I got to ask you, Stephen, what was the thing that you're going to remember most about our boy Marion Barber? Well, just destroying the Packers a lot, but you said it the best. He was the original beast mode. The way that he was trucking people, the way that he was just running over them, and he wasn't an overly large dude. He just knew how to get low, pop you, and then continue running. I think I have an idea of what your favorite play is, though. Best two-yard run in NFL history. You guys have all seen it. I'm sure if you're on Twitter the last couple of weeks after his passing, you've seen it. Guy and if gets you a handoff. Please go look that up. Absolutely. Like he's on his own one-yard line, gets a handoff in the backfield. He's hit, breaks off. He's about four yards deep now. Breaks another tackle on the left before going completely across the field. They tell you in the NFL, you are not allowed to go across the field. You will get hit. Ends up making two yards, gets to the three. The place goes absolutely banana lands. I want to say it was the Thanksgiving day, or day game too, but honestly, rest easy, Marion. We we obviously are big fans of yours. But, Stephen, Dolphins apparently offered a four-year, $100 million contract to Sean Payton to be the next coach. Doesn't sound like he wanted it. Where do you stand on this? Well, now we're getting all of this. Maybe Tom Brady was going to be a little bit of a quarterback and owner type deal in the Miami Dolphins, but why not? I'm not a, I'm not a big guy, but if you're in a current contract, you kind of just dip out on that. Unless it, unless there's animosity, unless there needs to be a move to be made. In this case, you never want to get rid of Sean Payton. As much as we dog him about, you know, oh, he's the greatest offensive coach. And why did he go seven to nine for like five straight years with Drew Brees and that loaded offense? But Sean Payton, if I had been right to coach like this year, I would have stayed in New Orleans. It's nice to have someone interested, and that's about it. Look, our focus on Tom Brady has been beating him, not joining him. Now, he is he is set to join the Fox Sports Analysts this upco- upcoming season. But, man, oh, man, that would have been fun. Like we said, his high praise for offense, you know, his offensive mastermindness, if that's what you can call it, with Tom Brady potentially being paired up. I would have liked it. I also, butterfly effect, would have liked to see what the roster looked like if had, if Sean Payton had taken that coaching position. Is Tyreek Hill in Miami? Maybe he's somewhere else. Maybe he ended up staying in Kansas City. Maybe Tua's gone too, and they don't want to take that risk on him. And they bring in someone. I don't know, maybe brings in Drew Brees to get out of retirement. Could you imagine? Well, no, I can't imagine because, first of all, I think they dodged a bullet here. And credit to uh, Sean Payton because I think he's going to be very good in the booth, a lot better than Drew Brees at any rate. But this was a bullet dodge. Again, if you're the Dolphins, I'd rather take a shot with the Wiz kid and Mike McDaniel and this young, fast offense than go to Sean Payton again. I mean, hey, at some point, we have to talk about the fact that he had Drew Brees. He had an elite defense, and he has one ring to show for it over, what, 15 years? Tired of talking about him. Got to give credit, though, to another coach, Romeo Crennel. After 50 years of coaching and nearly 40 in the NFL, and that magical 2007 Brown season will live on forever. I know Browns fans will remember that. I mean, you just got to love Big Romeo, right? I mean, there's nothing bad you can say about the guy. Well, he is very likable because everyone hated Charlie White, especially when he went up to Notre Dame and was coaching a little bit. But, yeah, he is that one. 
he's just been that one Patriots coach that everyone seems to like. Everyone loved playing for him, even when he had a couple interim positions here. Over Obviously, over the course of his 40 years in the NFL, he had a couple interim head coaching spots because of the coaches being fired above him. And the people and the players played so hard for him. He was great, really big part of the early 2000s uh, Patriots making those Super Bowl runs, three of the four. So kudos to him. He's had a great career. Honestly, I kind of would have liked him to see him stay under Lovey Smith in Houston uh, to kind of see what that would be like. But you know what? When you hang him up, you know when it's right. Kudos to you, Romero Cornell. You get the ride off in the sunset. Happy, bud. We're going to keep the retirement train going. Alex Mack retires from San Francisco, a team with a lot of question marks here on the roster between where the hell is Debo at? He's finally at minicamp. Is Jimmy G going to be on the roster at the beginning of this year? And they thought they'd be able to convince Mac, but that did not seem too well. All pro, potentially Hall of Famer. I think that he is. You know he's a Hall of Famer when we're talking about not only offensive linemen, but centers. If you know them by name, that means that they're a Hall of Famer or they're just really bad at their job. Alex Mack, he bounced around between Cleveland, Atlanta, ending up in San Fran. Never got that ring because he was part of that team that blew the lead to the Patriots in Atlanta. But, man, hell of a career for that dude as well. Phenomenal career there in Cleveland. Like you said, goes to Atlanta. was really good there. I mean, he was constantly a factor in making teams better. I don't know, uh, truly, just hand up. I don't really know how the metrics are going to go for centers being Hall of Famers or not, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he is brought up because he was that kind of an influence on his team. And the fact that the, the 49ers were so hell-bent on getting him back and it fell through now instead, they're going to be moving either somebody inside. Otherwise, you're going to be playing an underacted free agent in Jake Puridel, which, I mean, I had to look up the guy's name. Didn't even know he existed until today. So Alex well, Mack, hey, good. what was well, that? Good for that guy. He does exist. Yeah, exactly. Good for him. He's about to be playing center in Kyle Shanahan's like run and gun offense. I mean, he's going to do really, really well there because everybody does really, really well there. But Minka Fitzpatrick, this was yesterday. He signed a four year, 18 plus million dollar extension, making him the highest paid safety in NFL history. 36 million, million guaranteed as well. I mean, this is coming off a couple of years now where Watt, Hayward, and Minka all are locked up through at least 2024. Mark Caboli, the guy I gave a hard time about Deontay Johnson earlier, he said that Mason Rudolph, though, is the best quarterback at Steelers camp. So it makes me feel weird when they have the highest paid defense and the lowest paid offense in the year 2022, and Mason Rudolph is the best guy looking in camp. Where are we at with the Steelers? First off, even I'll say Mitch Trubisky is better than Mason Rudolph. Said it, lived by it. We're moving on. But Minka Fitzpatrick, he made – talk about making an impact directly right after he got traded from the Miami Dolphins when he kind of forced him his way out of there, made an impact instantly on that defense, has become almost – it seems outside of Watt, just kind of that heart in the secondary as well as one of those big hearts in that whole defense as a leader. And he's a stud. I'm really happy for him. Again, when you're able to kind of list off safeties – that's how you know that they're good because it's not, it's very far and few in between. I think personally, I think I can list off maybe six and I do an NFL podcast, which I guess that doesn't really look good on me. I do want to ask you this question though, because if anyone you've been the biggest advocate of, I don't like paying running backs, but I definitely do not like paying safeties. What do you feel about this contract? Do you think that it's a smart move? Obviously we're going to be comparing it to the Jamal Adams thing. Cause that's where that, the root of that, came from but what do you think about Minka getting paid I think it was the perfect situation for him just because this is now a Steelers team that has what their quarterback money going to Mason Rudolph Mitch Trubisky and a rookie on a rookie deal so this is the kind of scenario for an elite safety to get this kind of money and I'm glad you almost brought that up because the Bengals are in a very similar spot with Jesse Bates and the only problem is, is the Bengals are about to be trying to work out contract extensions for Joey Burrow. And that's why you're seeing the Bengals not so high on the prospect of bringing back Jesse Bates. It sucks to say, but you're right. The safety is kind of viewed as the running back of the defense. Someone that can be replaceable unless you're elite. Maybe this changes and maybe in three or four years, guys like Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton that just got drafted by the Ravens, maybe he's making $25 million a year 
but I'm with you. It is, it's a steep price to pay when the offense is as questionable as the Steelers is. This is sickening to me. The NFL has officially changed their pizza sponsor from Pizza Hut to Little Caesars. As if they couldn't get any worse pizza shop, they said, hold my beer, we're getting Little Caesars. Gun to my head, you tell me Little Caesars or, or Pizza Hut, third option, just pull the fucking trigger. Fourth option, I'll eat vegetables. This is despicable. Little Caesars should be like the minor league baseball affiliate. The pizza of the minor leagues for baseball. You Holy got shit, there. Steve. I was watching just, you I'm get just, there. Are you I'm working? just so flustered. I, I don't understand. You get the, the, the highest grossing sport in the States. And you go with the the bottom of the barrel pizza. Hot I mean, my God, hot and ready. You said it before. You better eat that in the first five minutes, or it's horrible. I want to give it to my dog. If my little Caesars was cold, which I never have, it can't get cold if you never have it. But if my little Caesars was cold, was cold, and there's a homeless man saying, "I am starving. I need something just to survive today," I would even give him that. I'd be like, you know what? No. You know why? Because this is the food that sick fuck who take people hostage and just torture them. That's the dinner that they give them. Oh, yeah, Little Caesars. Oh, yeah, it's about 10 minutes old. Oh, my God. This is my hell. Yeah, well, after you're done eating that, we're going to waterboard you. You know what? Just waterboard me now. Take it, start the waterboard. (laughs) I mean, they do. It is an instruction, instruction, excuse me, on the Little Caesars box, the hot and ready. Like you said, you have, like, it is a T-minus countdown. The second that is out of their oven, before it is no longer edible, this is a fat man's podcast. So I'm with you. If I, because, okay, we have to be fair, because it's not going to be like a local good shop that's going to be the pizza of the NFL. It's got to be a major big one. So it's not going to be Papa John's, because Papa John is apparently like, you know, the scumbag, whatever, all that. Fun exactly. Where's Domino's? At least I'm not even a big I, yeah. guy. Domino's. I'm, you beat me to the freaking punch because I'm like, if it's not gonna be Papa, it's not gonna be Pizza Hut. I, Little Caesars wasn't even on my radar for this. It would have been no. What Domino's? I mean, you could go. Wow, there's really not that many of quality. Wow, chain pizza just sucks. I mean, that's and more like, or less the story. You, you have Jets, but that's more like a Detroit base. Yeah, that's that, more of a now, regional. They're now thing. growing everywhere, but I agree. And also just how the hell is there not just like an elite wing place? Yeah, we got Buffalo Wild Wings as like their main sponsor, but I can't do it. Wally, I, I, I like to fashion myself as a pizza connoisseur. I was in the game for eight years working at three different places. One of those Jets. Two of those are kind of mom and pop New York style places uh, back where I was living right there in Cary. But dude, that ain't it. Even when I was broke in college, 20 years old, I was not going to Little Caesars. I would not do that. I told you, I wouldn't feed it to my dog. Hand up, hand up. I I have uh, it's specific, like I, I love that you had the five up too. Hand up, I have paid $5 for a hot and ready and in a pinch, I'm not saying I haven't either. Yeah, but like in a pinch, when, I'm willing to do it. But when I like when I started working in pizzerias when I was 16, they made everything fresh. We made the dough fresh. You're cutting the cheese. You're stirring up the sauce. You you make everything fresh. Everything is prepackaged. It's prepackaged crust. It's prepackaged cheese. That's why everything's so fucking cheap, and that's why they're able to sell it cheap. Pizza, pizza. It's, it makes me it makes me absolutely sick. And like I said, gun to my head. Pick between either of them, I'd tell you to pull the trigger. Honestly, I have nothing else to add. I, I actually think we might be in agreement for once. That's a hell of a way to end the show. That will bring us to an end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, at Loss of Down. Of course, Twitter, down underscore loss. Remember that this episode is brought to you by tabbies.com as well as Abby Turner Creative. Make sure to go to abbyturnerphoto.com. Wally, what are your parting words for the people? God, I'm going to be, again, talking for a second, just more or less, you know, feeding off. So bear with me, people at home. Stanley Cup just started last night. It's going to be an unbelievable series. 
I think this is probably the first time in 15 years that the preseason cup favorites have met in the Stanley cup final. It's the first time since I think 2004 or five that every single finals game is going to be on national TV. You don't need cable. It's going to be available. If you want to watch it, it's a great opportunity for hockey. I think it's going to be an awesome series, but then on top of that, I have a fun fact and I have to tell you, I'll start with the non-fun facts. That'll be an easy way to wrap up. I got drunk and read a book this last week. It was Fucking really nerd. nice. I, I've been getting into books more. The only problem is I like sad oh, books. Harry like, Potter. No, see, that was uh, growing up. I read The Nightingale, which is a Holocaust book, which is the darkest and most depressing book you would ever read. But it was also really nice. Now, I'm a historical fiction guy. The Tattooist of Auschwitz. I love historical fiction, and that's kind of like closer to historical reality. But so, have you have you watched that new HBO movie? I I cannot remember what the title of it is. Essentially, it's about a boxer who is in who is in the concentration camps. He's Jewish, fought his way during that, survived. No, the Holocaust. I don't know why I just blanked on that. Like you didn't just say that, and it's not like a huge thing that is going on in history or went on. In history. Well, I mean, if you ask people out there, there's people that believe it didn't it happen. So yeah, I mean, people, yeah, <laughs> as pathetic as yeah, that they is. probably think the, the Earth is flat as well. But it's about a boxer who had made it through the Holocaust. He was boxing all through Auschwitz, all that. Ended up making it big, coming a box. I think you should check it out. I've heard great things. I have. I keep forgetting to get around to it because I thought it was a show. Ended up being a movie. Kind of upset it wasn't a show. Now we need to get back and just watching it, but get me a name we'll for next out. week. Bring that back because this is obviously going to be heard by that. Maybe after. Well, I was just saying maybe the people at home they're like, "Hey, big, uh, let me hear about a Holocaust boxer book." It's a movie. Well, I mean, yeah, it's probably going to be a book. And with that, Wally's going to chug back his Yingling. He is Wally Lukashensky. I'm Stephen Weed, and until next week, we are loss of down. And I have my fun fact before I forget. Before we finish, finish. I didn't want you love this. According to Jordan Rannon, who I believe is a New York Giants beat writer, do you want to take a shot in the dark to figure out what the Giants were outscored by in the final two minutes of the first half of 2021? Two minutes, six or 17 games, I guess. Excuse Honestly, me. it's the Giants. I'm going to go with like 100 to three. Honestly, that's a pretty good guess. 79 to nothing. The Giants <laughs> were outscored. 79 to nothing in the final two minutes of the first half. All I hear, all I hear about that is prop bets all year long on a score to happen the final two minutes of the first half. Or first half lines in general. First half lines in general. I like that. I like that. Thank you for the interesting fact. Until next week. He is Wally. I am Steve. This is Loss of Down. And keep throwing back those yinglings as well as the McUltras. Fuck the Rangers. Now go Avs. Fuck the Rangers, I breathe.